Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, this is Dr. Hacky Reitman. Today we're very lucky to have a true educator, Ron Large, the author of Larger Lessons, a very dedicated educator, as you'll see, who really gets that everybody's brain is different. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, uh, hello there. Hacky, thank you for the opportunity to uh, chat with you today. Um, it's a pleasure being here and um, looking forward to having a, uh, a healthy uh, conversation with you today. How did you come to be involved in education, Ron? Well, it's, uh, it's funny, Hacky. I, my dad was my uh, high school chemistry teacher, and when I went off to college... Uh, I wasn't really pursuing a teaching degree until I stood up in front of a classroom of fifth graders at my elementary school as a substitute teacher. And uh, the minute I stood up there and started talking, um, it, it was in that moment I knew that this was my destiny, that uh, I was going to be a teacher. And uh, went and got my uh, teaching degree, and um, as they say, the rest is history. Well... How did you evolve? Because I know your methods are kind of unique. So why don't you tell us about the methods you use and how you evolved into them? Well, when I started teaching, I was at an inner city school in Orlando, Florida. Um, I had a group of sixth grade students in a portable classroom hacky that um, really tested my uh, my perseverance and um just stretched me in every way, personally, professionally. Um, I wasn't nearly prepared for the teaching profession uh, like I thought I was. And I struggled uh, mightily that first year. In fact, uh, midway through the first year, I considered leaving the profession. Um, I was sending two or three kids to the office almost every day. I was keeping my entire class after school. Um, We just... I was not connected with my students. Um, I didn't manage my students effectively. Um, I can even remember hacking, driving to work one day, and um, it was so bad that I remember passing these construction workers who just were digging a ditch on the side of the road, and I told myself, man, I, I wish I could dig a ditch today. That, that looks really good because I don't want to go to that classroom. Wow. And yeah. And uh, How did things turn around for you, Ron? Well, um, I had to do some some soul searching, and um, I remember the day that things began to turn around. Hacky, I was in front of my class teaching, and uh, one of my students, his name was Arthur, class clown. He was turned around, and uh, he was doing what Arthur does, disrupting learning, um, getting other kids to be off task, and I remember grabbing Arthur's math book and just uh, slamming it on his desk. And it was just a symbol of, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. And um, things got a little worse before they got better, but I can honestly say, Hacky, that that was the most difficult group of students I've ever had to say goodbye to at the end of the year. We had grown together professionally, I'm sorry, personally, and and uh, I, I grew into a... Uh, a more effective teacher, and um, 
it was a very rewarding um, year, year of teaching for me. What are some of the uh, tips or tools, if you would, that you can give other teachers who might be going through the same thing you just described? Well, I have become very passionate, Hacky, about relationships. Um, I, you know, there's a there's a quote that's used frequently in education: kids, students don't care what you know until you know know that they that you care, and you you have to make connections with students that you teach. You you have to build trust with students you teach. Um, so I started to do things in my classroom on a daily basis that I believed helped me make connections with these students. My 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 students came to school with a lot of a lot of stuff on their mind, a lot of things going on in their lives, and um, I never gave them an outlet. I never gave them the opportunity to to share that. Um, so I, I I started implementing things like class meetings. Every morning we'd have a a class meeting. Um, another thing I implemented, which which I still use today as a school leader, Hacky, is is a uh, it's a relationship journal where students come in and they they write down in a uh, in a journal whatever whatever's on their mind and and I respond to that um, on a daily basis uh, to every student's journal and it's an it's ongoing dialogue with myself and the students I work with um, and it it allows me to build that trust I mentioned and it, it breaks down some some barriers. And it just it it allows me to to more effectively um, and ultimately teach teach these children. Um, another another very powerful activity that I implemented was something called affirmations, where I'd have a student come up to, to the front of the room, be a different student every day, and every student in that room, hacky, would go around and they would give that student a compliment, affirm that student. And, and, it, and it had to and it had to be a, a an internal compliment. For example, you couldn't talk about the student's shirt, their shoes, but you had to talk about the person. Um, and the truth is, Hacky, that, that students in, in, in most schools just they don't talk nice to each other um, oftentimes. And I wanted to make sure that in my classroom on a daily basis that was going to be modeled for, for, for everybody and that, that we're going to hear compliments. We're going to hear other students lifting other students up. Um, and support each other. So as I implemented things like the, the class meetings, the journals, and the affirmations, um, I, I created something um, where students felt a sense of belonging, a sense of family, a sense of team. Um, and, and honestly, Hacky, when, when, that, when the table's set, when those things are in place, um, I think that's when the magic happens academically. That's when kids... Um, um, Will, will, will become more engaged and, and deep, deeper learning takes place. You know, um, as I listen to you, Ron, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, we're hearing more and more that it's all about connecting and it's all about relationships. And, you know, you could substitute the words teacher and student. You could substitute employer-employee. You could substitute so many different combos where... It's kind of like uh, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you, connect, be nice. And it's kind of uh, segueing into two things. One of the things is one of our very interesting episodes on exploring different brains. We had a fellow named Jim Sporleader, 
And I don't know if you've heard of Jim, but there was a documentary made about what he was doing called Paper Tigers. But basically, he went into a, a tough school and was just about ready to give up. And he just started connecting with the students. And he stopped to ask himself, how did they get here? Why did they act like that? And then, as you said so eloquently, once the student knew that he cared, then the connection was made and then things got better. And you're saying the same thing. You're saying the connection and to build up their self-esteem, to let them know that you, Ron Large, their teacher, you care about them. And it's about relationships. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a great analogy, Aki. And I, I, I share this quote with people. I, I do a lot of professional development for teachers and, and school leaders, and and I, I use this quote often. And it says, "I every student should be able to say, I like me when I'm with you." See, I, I believe, Hacky, that that teachers, educators, for a lot of children, um, can be the reason they come to school. Um, it can be. It can it can be the you can be the reason that these kids get out of bed and 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 make it, and um, your classroom your school should be an oasis for these children. Well, and you, you know, to, and, and absolutely, and you know, uh, when I was out at the in Tucson at the World Autism Conference and had the the pleasure of hanging out with uh, Temple Grandin and Stephen Shore and those people, uh, but Temple Grandin she'll tell you right up front if it wasn't for her science teacher, her life would have been over, would have been over. One teacher made that profound a difference. And that's why teaching is the noblest of professions. And yet in our society, teachers just don't get treated with respect or remuneration on so many planes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's lots of discussion, Hacky, in, in the world of, of education about curriculum and technology and and mandates and accountability and um, high stakes testing um, but truth is there's 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 two ways you can can make a school better you can you can improve the people you have or get new people and in the key is that you you have to find people teachers who are who are, who have the the heart, the desire, the the passion uh, to work with these children and to and to to make the effort to make connections with these students. Um, the other stuff, the curriculum, the technology that that's that's all gravy. Like we can teach people that, but there's some things we can't teach people. You know, we can't we can't give them the that that heart and that that persistence and that desire to grow professionally. Um, so for me, we know. When I hire people, when I when I look for people to to work with with students who are are struggling, um, or work with students I like to call at promise, um, you you have to find the, the the people that are wired in 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 a certain way that that's going to allow them to 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 connect with these students and uh, and really you know make the effort to to be a diff- difference maker. You know, we're talking here with Ron Large, who's the author of Larger Lessons and the author of the Relationship Journal. And I wanted to segue here, Ron, into 
neurodiversity. How do these methods slide over into your neurodiverse students? Well, you know, a lot of teachers, Hacky, teach the way they were taught. Um, and for some, for most people, it's a very uh, tra traditional method of, uh, of teaching. And, uh, for example, whole group instruction. And um, if you stand and deliver instruction, you know, you're, you're going to reach a very small percentage of your students. Um, we work with a lot of non-traditional children. We work with students who are, um, they just learn differently. Um, and they need to be exposed, you know, to different learning opportunities. You know, and I, I think I mentioned to you um, in prior communication, you know, if they're not learning the way you teach, you teach the way they learn. So um, what's key is that you, you, you create a student-centered classroom, number one, where you're, you're giving students the opportunity to, to construct their own knowledge. Um, if, if you're doing most of the heavy lifting, if the teachers are doing most of the talking, um, then you're not giving those children the opportunities to construct their own knowledge. And it's then and only then, Hacky, that, that you find out how students work, how they, how they problem solve, how they process. Um, and then, and then you, 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 when you learn those things, you know, then you tap into that and, and, and you go deeper with it. Um, so it's, it's exposing these children to a variety of, of um, teaching methods and learning opportunities um, so you can, you know, like find out how their, how their brains work. Um, and, that, and that goes back to what I said earlier, Jackie, you know, we, we, you got to know who you're, who you're working with on every level. Well, Ron, what you just said, again, so eloquently, is really the basis for all learning and all teaching. It's the recognition that every brain is different. And as you just said, you have to know who you're working with. You know, we've been working on a documentary on Angelo Dundee and Muhammad Ali, and Angelo Dundee had 15 world champions, and I was a product of the Fifth Street Gym down there. But Angelo would always say of his 15 champions and anyone, you can only work with what you got. That's all you can do. Have you heard of trauma-informed methods, and would you compare your methods to that? I have not, Hacky. That's uh, something I learned from Jim Sporleader, uh, trauma-informed methods about relating the trauma that the students have been through and where they come from relating to how you might connect to them. So, for instance, when you're in that uh, the school you described first, um, a lot of them have been through some tough, tough times. You know, there it. What it reminds me of Hecky is 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 being culturally responsive in your teaching. Um, you know, knowing knowing your students, their backgrounds. Um, you know, things about you know their lives, their culture, etc. Um, and then really using that information to um, to teach them and and uh, to su to support them. Well, yeah, and it goes hand in hand with uh, what you've said. It's really all part and parcel of 
know who the person is. And by the way, when I I would uh, commute from here in Fort Lauderdale up to uh, Boston University School of Medicine, and every year for 36 years, I would give the first-year anatomy class their first clinical lecture on clinical and orthopedic aspects of the uh, the extremities. And, um, you know, I would I would tell them that, you know, you... You've got to understand your patient. Every patient is different. And if you don't connect with that patient, and that's something, unfortunately, that as time has gone on, is getting lost from everyday medical practice, um, in many ways similar to how it's getting lost from teaching practice. Uh, you know, the technology and all of, all of that is not a substitute. And I'm loving the newer teaching for those who are getting into it where you kind of do the work ahead of time and then that time with your teacher is engagement. And and not just, as you say, stand and deliver lectures. Yeah, you know, um, another buzzword in education, you know, is, is now is differentiation and uh, meeting students where they are, and there's there's a variety of ways you can differentiate in a classroom. Um, but you know, I I believe Hacky that every every student that we work with and every person um, I believe has has a a gift, a talent. Um, you know, and I I think one of our res- responsibilities as as professional educators is to is to find that in the, in, in each and every one of our students. Um, and, and when you do, uh, that's when, like I said, that's when great things happen for that student, you know, and it goes back to, you know, what I said earlier about, you know, creating, um, opportunities for students to, to showcase, to, 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 to let you know what that gift is. Um, and, and you, and you won't find it if you don't, um, differentiate, if you don't create that student centered environment that, that I mentioned earlier, um, we're just, you know, I think we all we all have something special inside of us. I love it, and I agree with it. And I think that as a society, and especially in the classroom, we've spent a lot of time trying to make it one-size-fits-all and spend time of negating behaviors and interests instead of harnessing the hyper-interests and making it work for the student instead of a battle against them. Yeah, that's well well put, Hacky. Ron, you know that I'm not a big label guy. I think labels are a lousy way to describe a unique human being, but we need them for some purposes and everything. Tell me about the use of labels in your very neurodiverse classes where everybody's brain's a little bit different and the challenges that go along with that and how you handle it. Why don't you speak to neurodiversity in terms of labels? Well, I, I think, Hacky, when we start labeling children, uh, you know, we start limiting children. And, you know, there's, there's students in our classroom that um, are special ed students who have uh, individualized education plans. Um, and and th- those, are, those are things that are, are put in place for students that um, are designed to help them to support them, um, but but not to limit them. And I think every student, you know, 
regardless of their disability, needs to know that that there 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 are no limits to um, their growth and their learning, um, and that that you know we can't we can't just because they're they're provided with this this additional support and the and this 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 plans in place um, that that it doesn't make them you know less of a student or or not as smart as their peers. And I think that goes back to, you know, the the belief in the adult and uh, in, in these children that, you know, we, we we can succeed, you can succeed, I believe in you. Um, yes, um, there, there, there are some, some challenges you have, um, but we're going to overcome those together, and here's how we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing we can give students, Hacky, um, children is, is is something called hope. Um, I have a uh, a ratio in 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 my school in every classroom. It's posted is and it's four to one, and it's a reminder of of the the positive to negative statements that we need to be uh, speaking to our children. Um, so for every you know four positive statements, there should only be one negative statement. And oftentimes, students that that have been given labels, who who have who who learn differently, who who whose brains are are wired in a different way, um, they've been told that they can't. They've been called names. They've 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 been told that there they there there are limits. And um, I think it's 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 critical how we speak to children, um, and we have to speak in a way that that gives them. Uh, like I said, a sense of hope that builds them up, and uh, you know, truth is, hacky that it, if we can get students to a point where where they believe they can, um, then you know, we've done our job, man. I mean, they they have to this whole this whole concept of self-esteem. You know that that you can tell students, you know, you're bright, intelligent, a hard worker, but it's got to be internalized. And they have to believe it. Um, so I'm not a big fan of labels um, like you. Um, I think you know students come to our into our classrooms. They they come into our worlds, um, and we we there, there's a, a blank slate, and uh, we're going to uh, create something um, very special um, on each one of those slates. And um, I think that's the beauty of of uh, our profession is that, you know, we 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 can be a um, a difference maker in these these children, and uh, regardless of of how their brains work, um, we just have to use a different approach. Ron, what percentage of your students just guesstimate uh, have IEPs? Yeah, Hacky, the uh, percentage of students in our school that that have uh, individualized education plans is approximately twenty percent. Um, you know, we have a, uh, um, a, a special education department here that consists of approximately five uh, special ed teachers and a, um, a, a dean of special education. Um, so these students are, are either pulled out um, of the classroom to provide, to get support in the uh, special ed classrooms or our special ed teachers are pushing in to support um, in, in, inside the classrooms. Um, and as you can imagine, the IPs vary, you know, from uh, uh, 
academic deficiencies, learning disabilities, uh, some are behavior-based as well. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're um, you know, for most of them, they're mainstreamed and, and um, you know, we have over 700 students here and um, I think it's, uh, it's critical that they, they, they also have a sense of belonging in, in, in our school and in our classrooms. Um, and that, you know, every time you pull a student out of a classroom to provide support, you know, I'm sure those students, most of them, or a lot of them internalize, you know, here I go again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different, you know, and, and um, everybody else is still in the classroom, but I'm, I'm leaving to, 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 to work with a different teacher. And, and so, you know, I just, I think we have to be careful how that's done and, and what we say to kids um, and make sure that, that uh, they, they, like they, they still feel like they're part of uh, that, that classroom environment. And, uh, you know, something else that we do with special ed edu education students, Hacky, that um, sometimes we, we do a disservice is that, you know, we, we give students these high stakes tests and, and we put our special ed students in different classrooms to take you know, for a lot of these kids, the most important test they'll take all year. Um, so I think it's important that we, if we're going to do that, and for a lot of those kids, we have to do that because of their IEP, that we do that, you know, periodically throughout the school year to expose them to a different environment um, and, and get them comfortable with, with the adult that will be proctoring them during the, that important test. And so really, um, you have to take in consideration, you know, that these are these are people with with feelings, um, and uh, they're not just kids with plans, you know, that we could just slap a label on and and you know give them some extra help. Um, so, you know, I, I I know I keep harping on that that relationship piece, but you know, how, asking these kids, you know, how how are you feeling about this process, and how are you feeling about being you know, pulled from your classroom and are you, are you getting any um, um, feedback from your, your peers? Um, you know, are you struggling with this, with this process? And so they're, uh, they may be uh, special education students, but they're, like I said, they're, they're people first. And um, I think we have to, um, you know, be aware of that. Ron, what advice would you have for the parents of the 20% of your students who have IETs? Well, my first bit of advice, Hack, would be continue to be an advocate for your child. Um, fight for every service, every program, um, every bit of support that, that you, can, you can get uh, for your child. Um, because if you're not going to, who is? And um, hold us, hold the educators accountable. Um, that IEP is in place. It's a legal document, Hacky. Um, you had to provide the services outlined in the IEP. Um, so you know, make sure that that's that that the educators that work with your your child um, are are doing that. Um, you know, have have a open a line of communication. You know, open line of communication with your student when they come home from school. Make sure you're, you're there's an opportunity for them to to share and and um, you know make sure that they're they're that you have a a relationship with your child that um, um, is conducive to those types of conversations because um, they need to 
you know, sometimes you need to talk and vent and, and share and um, you may be the only outlet for, for some of these students. You know, and I add to, uh, it's interesting the analogies you come up with, but I, you know, as an orthopedic surgeon, when I would hospitalize a child after a car accident and things of that nature and fix them up, um, the parents would ask me for advice. And one of the things I would add is be nice. Be nice to the nurses. Be nice to everybody you run into because they're taking care of your kid. And I tell that to parents. Yes, advocate for your child and have great communications with the teacher, but be nice, be nice, because there's a lot of anger out there and frustration by the parents. Yeah, there is. That's a good point, um, Hacky, that um, sometimes parents believe that their child's being shortchanged and, and that um, they're not being provided the services that their child re you know requires and needs. But but ultimately, um, you have there has to be a working relationship there with the parents and the, and the educators. And, um, you know, we can get, we can come in the, into the school, we can have conversations and, and we can express our concerns, but ultimately, you know, we're, we're here for the same reason. We, we want to provide, uh, the very best education, uh, for your child. And, uh, let's, let's not lose focus of that. Well, Ron, thank you very much. It's been great to talk to you. Great to meet you, kind of. Uh... Now, uh, Ron, can you tell us some of the organizations that you're involved with? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a member of the ASCD and um, National uh, Mathematics Teachers Association. Um, you know, I'm... Um, connected to uh, several professional organizations through uh, LinkedIn and, um, you know, I, I just, I believe in do a lot of networking, um, hacky with uh, people that are, are, are doing what other people say you cannot, you know, there's, there's schools in this country that are, are high performing with, and, and they're, they're high performing with students that, you know, People say you can't be high performing with, you know, um, they're, they're, they're actually called 90, 90 schools, schools that are 90% proficient with 90%, you know, free and reduced lunch. And they're, they're, they're proving, they're demonstrating that, you know, with, with the right mindset, um, and, and the right approach and, and, and establishing those relationships that we talked about, um, and being very purposeful with your instruction and, and, uh, differentiating and, and all those those things that we know works um you know kids can and, and they they can learn and you know i mentioned to you earlier hacky about finding the right people you know there's 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 a there has to be a belief um when you work with um students that 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 we work with that hundred percent of them can learn 100 percent of the time that that's really ha you have to believe that and and when you believe that and you don't even have to stand up and tell your kids that they will know if you believe that or if you don't believe that but simply by the way you conduct yourself the way you you treat them the your approach with them um but how would how do you expect them to believe that if if you don't they need people in their lives that that 
we'll, we'll, we'll cheer them on, we'll support them, we'll believe them, we'll hold them accountable, we'll, we'll, we'll have high expectations for them. Um, and they will, you know, no one rises to low expectations. So, you know, it, it just having that, that belief that these children can, can soar and, 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 and creating that environment where it's conducive for these kids to, to be successful. Well, that on that note, I think that that kind of sums up a great philosophy that's in your books, that's in your media, that's in your speaking engagements. And I, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you, Ron? Well, you can uh, you can email me at larger-than-life-inc at msn.com. Um, I also have a website, hackyronlarge.com. Tell us a little bit about Larger Lessons. Yeah, Larger Lessons is a, is a story, Hacky, about a student I had in uh, fifth grade at uh, the school that I began my teaching career uh, in inner city Orlando. And uh, he was a student that, that came to me as a fifth grader. He was a uh, special ed student, had a lot of um, behavior issues um, in previous years prior coming to my classroom, had a reputation for being aggressive. Um, and he's one that um, I took a special interest in hacky. Um, he and I had, you know, had some, uh, some friction early on in our, in our, our, our relationship uh, as teacher-student. And um, he taught me one of the most important lessons that um, I've ever learned as a, as a professional. Uh, and, and, and that was the, the issue of, of respect. And, and one particular day I was, I was reprimanding this young man because of, of his behavior in the restroom. And, and I was reprimanding him, Hacky, in, uh, in, the, in, the, in front of his, his peers. And he decided that, that he had had enough of uh, Dr. Large reprimanding him. And, and he lashed back, you know, verbally to me and, and called me a, a, a highly inappropriate name. And um, I, I took it very personally. And I, I was quite honestly, I, I, I was stunned that this, this young man would, would, you know, dare uh, call me a name in front of all his classmates. And I had a conversation with him later that day, um, a very private conversation. So I, I said, I said, Terrence, what makes you think you can talk to me that way? And what he said next, Hackie, was, like I said, was, was um, a lesson I'll never forget. And he goes, you embarrassed me in front of my classmates. And here I was trying to um, get these young people to respect me, and I, and I, and I was doing just the opposite. Um, so the, the, the book, Hackie, is about my relationship with this young man and our relationship over 20-plus um, years um, we, uh, we stayed in contact after he left uh, elementary school. We spent time together outside of school. Um, the show man got in uh, some trouble with the law, spent a significant amount of time in prison. Um, throughout that time, we, we still stayed in contact. We, we talked weekly um, via phone, um, visited him whenever possible. And... Um, he taught me other lessons about about being a man and, and uh, about life, and he asked me to be his best man at his wedding, and um, I'm 
the godfather of his son, and uh, just a story about how how people from two different worlds connected, and um, just made each other better in in in, in, in many ways. How can people purchase that book? You can go uh, to my website, hacky at ronlarge.com, and um, you can uh, order it there. Um, you can also just email me, and uh, we can get you a copy that way as well. Well, thank you very much. It's been very inspirational, and uh, I'm going to think about a lot of the things you said. Um, and we here at uh, differentbrains.com really want to highlight the hard work that real educators like yourself are doing and that recognition that all of our brains are different and uh, relationships, connecting, creating the right climate, engaging students, and being that teacher who can have a profound difference on a young person's life. So thank you, Ron Lodge, for being with us today. And we'll look forward to staying in touch and uh, learning more about what you're doing. Sounds great, Hacky. I appreciate the opportunity today. Keep up the great work. Same to you, Hacky. Our guest this week, Ron Large, the author of Larger Lessons. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.